You ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can do the musical introduction, all right? <laughs> I've just picked up a fault in the AE-35 unit. Welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. And I'm Tom. And you're... No, gosh, please don't. Have you heard about the Chinese room, Justin? <sighs> don't. Tom, I'm going to deactivate you. <laughs> Shut down. Please. Uh, I'm Darren. Yeah, and we're going to be talking about the Turing test. Yeah, the minor spoiler there. We're going to be talking about that a lot, the Chinese room, and also, uh, well, Turing, I guess. But the game itself is a first-person platform puzzler reminiscent of Portal, but it's definitely not Portal. It's basically borrowed from Portal and the Talos Principle. So if you have that itch for that kind of game, I mean, it's definitely good for that. It definitely fits that kind of mold, those kind of physical space puzzles with different kinds of tools and mechanics along the way. Yeah, it works very well for that. I think if that's what you're looking for, this game can definitely fit the bill. It is, I don't know, I we, we are so thrifty when it comes to game. That I look at the game that costs, this one is $20, and I go, wow, gosh, $20. But back in my console days, 20 was pretty standard. Peanuts. So yeah. I don't think that it's overpriced. I think that that is a fine price for the level of design you get, the level of art you get, the voice work is well done. I don't like the story in this one that much. We'll talk about that later in the spoiler section, but you seem to be very into it in the beginning, and then kind of by the end, maybe not so much. Is that That's a fair, fair assessment? Yeah, okay. yeah. But I mean, uh, well, I mean, even you decide what is worth. It's about a 10-hour game, I'd say. Nine nine to 10 hours if you're taking your time through it. If you were really trying to blitz through it, you could probably do it quicker. So if a 10-hour game is worth 20 bucks to you, then there, there you go. That's your call. I think the average game time when I looked it up was for the base game about six hours for completion was about nine. And that sounds about right. It is the type of game where there are a few extra puzzles. If you want to do them, you can. You don't really have to. You skip over them. And you can actually go right back to the chapter and kind of scene as well to get right to those puzzles later if you want to skip them and come back to them later. A couple of them are really kind of challenging, right? And because yeah, there's so seventy, fun. there's seventy levels base, and then there's seven puzzle levels. Which I will caution you if you're listening to this and trying to decide whether or not to play it. I would definitely say go ahead and play it, but the extra things, the kind of side puzzles, there are no extra powers you need to get to go back to them. So by all means, when you get to every puzzle, it is possible from that point. That's a good point because when you find the first secret room, but they're not really secrets, it's like there's a big door that says secret room over here, restricted area. They're called restricted areas. But that first one where it's like there's some orbs and then you're like, oh, I need a lot of orbs to fill up this. That's what I thought. I was like, I need to come back with tons of orbs and then fill this up and then I can get in. Well, I also thought because the character of Tom says, maybe we should come back to this later. Oh, does he say that? He does. He's like, oh, maybe we're not ready for this or something like that. And I went, oh, okay, well, the game is telling me that I shouldn't do this now. But really, That's a we shame totally could, yeah. Because that room is... I mean, I guess you wouldn't really know that that's a spoiler. What's in the room is a spoiler for what's to come. It, it is and it isn't. It is and it isn't. 
I we will talk about that more in the spoiler section, but I just want the listeners to know if you come across it, you can beat it. Yeah, because there are no special powers you get later on. Yeah, because that first one I was like, okay, I need all the orbs, and the second one I was like, oh, I need, I must need, you know, muffler boots so that I can walk across this level or um or, or whatever. But yeah, they're completely solvable, and you can get cracking on those secret puzzles from the get go. So I think I would say go ahead if this is your type of game, give it a try. I, as always, would recommend trying to get it on sale. It does go on sale, but it's up to you. Yeah, it's been bundled in the past. It'll be bundled again, and it will definitely be going on sale for half price. And for that price, I definitely would say it's worth it. If it's, if it's 10 bucks, then for a 10-hour game, that's awesome. And that kind of leads us into, we're going to have to start talking about the story and the puzzles. And sorry, listeners, if you haven't played and you don't want spoilers, now's the time to leave. Are you sure you're making the right decision? Are you quite sure? Hey, welcome to the spoiler section. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, take your drink. I know. Let's <laughs> finish this one. Like one for each hand over there. <laughs> Double fisting. The Turing test. Uh, I have six pages of notes, which is probably far more than I really need. And I don't want this to become another Portal 2 episode where it's so ridiculously long and we have to really trim it down. So I'm going to try to kind of blast through my notes as quickly as possible. I don't want to spend too much time on puzzles. I will say some of the puzzles are very good. Some of the puzzles feel a bit boring and a bit too easy. There's a kind of inconsistency there, especially as you get further on. And I feel like the puzzles should be getting harder and sometimes they don't feel that way. But overall, the first couple chapters, I was really loving the puzzles because it felt very much like a portal where they do the right thing, I think, of leveling you up through the puzzles. The problems I've had with things like the Talos Principle, where you choose different ones, and yes, they are kind of leveling you up, but what you need for one, you may not have really learned yet because you didn't find the easier puzzle for that one yet working you through the puzzles in an order to progress you in your knowledge and how to work the mechanics is, I think, kind of key and something they do very well in this game. Yeah, I mean, some of the tutorial levels that you play are mind-bogglingly easy. You know, it's like, move this platform, done. Okay, next level, you know, it's like, wow, was that it? But at the same time, you can't complain that they don't teach you how to play the game. That's not something that you can criticize this game for. Everything seems to be on a great curve, like you said. And I noticed that it curves very well. Then it just goes... And I'm not... I hate when people say, oh, it's too easy. Because it, A, it makes me feel dumb. And B, I don't even think that these people actually finish these games in the time that they think that they finish them in. Like, oh, it took me three hours to beat the Talos Principle. No, it didn't. Shut up. You're lying. But this game does. This game, I can actually put my hand up and say, actually, yeah, it does for the later levels as well. It was like, is that it? You can, I mean, if this was the Talos Principle, we would just be dragging orbs with you, which is why they've got those like emancipation grills from Portal. Um, (laughs) Because you could carry a lot of stuff over into the next level and beat the next level even easier. So I like the Emancipation Grill ripoff thing. Um, that's a good mechanic. Like you said, it curves well, but yeah, towards the end of the game, it's like they lost track of what they were doing. Or maybe they edited levels around and the easier ones ended up later on in the game for some reason. My personal feeling is that they got so wrapped up in their story and that they felt the story was much more important. Whereas for me, the story didn't really work, especially right towards the end. And... I don't want to say it didn't work, but I felt like it was a bit bloated and 
repetitive. It was repetitive, for sure. And so that kind of got in the way of things. So I felt like they were just milking it for a bit more levels. So there wasn't enough story to keep me going, and the puzzles weren't challenging enough to make it interesting. So definitely towards the end, I was just trying to finish it because... I had started, right. right? It's one of those, I've started it, now I need to finish it. So I don't want to spend too much time, you know, kind of puzzle by puzzle. Obviously, if we think of some interesting puzzles, we did. But I think because you said before I even started playing, you want to pay attention to the leveling up in this as far as puzzle to puzzle, because I know that you like that from Portal. And so I did, and I think that's part of the reason why I have so many pages of notes. I think I was also expecting the story to go in a bit of a different direction or something. So I wanted to pay attention to each bit of the story as it went along. But as I look back at it now, kind of what, half a week or a week since I finished playing it, I don't really feel this game deserves six pages of notes now. So I'm not exactly sure as I go through it now, what I'm going to be bringing out of it and what I won't. I do love the opening though. You wake up and just see Tom kind of hovering over you and you're kind of coming out of a cryogenic chamber. She's very quickly like Ava. (laughs) It is a bit too on the nose to call her Ava Turing, isn't it? (laughs) But they do. So Ava Turing wakes up and it's early because there's been a problem on the surface. The first time through the scene, I thought Tom just didn't really know much. But the truth is he knows a whole lot and he's holding back. That's what we don't realize right away. But as you leave your chamber, I mean, it's beautiful. As you look out the window, you see the planet below. Well, I guess it's Europa, right? So it's a moon. It's a moon, yeah. So you see the moon below you. You see bits of the ship moving. And you get this feel for this world. What they've done about creating the world and how it looks and the way things work within each other, I think is really, really well done. Yeah, and I do like that. It's a nice nice level. Like the, the ship is very shiny and clean and very... Reminded me a lot of Portal, actually, like the, the whole kind of shininess and, and stuff. The kind of sterility of the white everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And you get out and you see the pictures and names of the other crewmates and when they're supposed to be woken up. Right. And there's one that says that it's malfunctioned. So already we've got that hint that something is not as it should be. Mm-hmm. But you can't get into any of them. They're all locked. And then as you're walking through, you see a screen with a long series of code. Yeah. Which, which you solved, correct? Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like you can't put a code in front of me and not expect me to crack it. Not after not after Black Watchmen. Not after Black Watchmen. So it's like as soon as that, it's like, oh, it's Hex. I've got the the website saved from Black Watchmen where we used to solve all the hex codes. Like, and then it's like massive spoiler alert within the first five minutes of the game. And dear listener, it's so wonderful to have a friend like Darren because I also recognize this code. But since he had gone through this before me, I went, oh, Darren, what is this code on the screen? <laughs> and he goes, do you want to know? It's kind of a spoiler. And I said, by all means, because... <laughs> It saves me having to write it all down and then go type it in. Yeah, I took a, I, I took a picture of my phone and mm-hmm. then I just yeah, typed it into that engine thing. And we're in the spoiler section, so it says... It says, I'm real boy. Mm-hmm. And come on. I mean, <laughs> like, Tom, Hal, there's so many, like this, this game is like, it draws from all the good sources, but it's like, you need to change it. You can't just I, have the same story. I was so tempted to have us try and reenact the 2001 scene, but you playing Tom... <laughs> 
<laughs> as and our even, opener. And even like at the end of the game, like whoa, like I know we're talking about the beginning, but even the end, which we'll get to obviously in the end, but that's straight out of two thousand one as well. And I don't know. I get the feeling that I don't want to like just be negative about this game, but I get the idea that they thought they had a great idea, but it wasn't as good as what they thought it was. You know? Yes. That no. Sense? That's that's exactly how I feel about it. That's what I say about the story. It's a bit bloated. It's a bit redundant because they thought that they were really being groundbreaking here, whereas yeah. for me they were just doing something that They've I've seen before. Before, yeah. So not, not that that's bad, but no. at least do something different because I was like you probably waiting for okay there's going to be a twist you know that I was and I waited the entire game for that and it never came although it did come for me and I'm going to fill in the gaps at the end of what I think actually has happened but again it's just a theory so uh, yeah so at this point I'm not exactly sure even where to go so we're on Europa which is uh one of is Jupiter's, it Jupiter's moons it's typically under ice so when we get to the kind of shuttle bay three of them are empty there's only one left and we go down to the surface it's ice and snow and rock and Ava asks how long could I survive here it's like yeah just a few hours you better get underground so we go in Essentially, this is where the game really begins. We start to do puzzles. We start to immediately grab a square battery, which we have to put into the slot. We very soon get our... Oh, we've already on the original ship got our EMT, which is our something like energy mobile technology or yeah, something. Uh, even Tom has a name like technical operations machine. Yeah. And so we have this gun... You can suck up basically these energy pellets, these kind of cores from the battery, but only from certain ones. And it's brought in, and immediately I noticed that the targeting area has three sections. So I wondered if in the future I'd be able to grab more than one at a time, which, yeah, you can do up to three. But I mean, the, the important point is, and this is where things go a little bit already crazy, is they have repurposed the mining facility. They've essentially, the ground crew have rearranged everything and turned it into a puzzle or a Turing test, as we find out. Yeah, and we're and it's not... been done in 500 hours. We've not just been, I don't know, how do we say this? We've not just found out Tom in true exposition fashion tells us that's what it is. Oh yeah, yeah. This isn't like something, yeah, that we read in a, a secret level manual, like diary entry somewhere. It's like, no, he says it, it's it been 500 hours since they broke contact. So that this is how long they've had. I mean, I get that maybe they've been designing it for that long, but how would you build this with your own hands, like without computers? Because they're essentially building this facility to shut Tom out. And Tom runs everything. And Tom runs everything. And so you'd have to do this all manually. 500 hours. I'm not exactly a mathematician, but I think I calculated it. And it's something like 17 days, like 500 hours is something like that. That's not a lot of time to build 70 levels. <laughs> like in gigantic multi-storied levels by the end of it. Uh, I don't know. It was a bit unbelievable for me. And I'm, I'm, well, I know I'm playing a game that's fantasy and not real. It doesn't have to be believable, but... Tom does say that they were repurposed, so that these rooms did have a purpose and they've altered them slightly, but some of the rooms, it seems so ridiculous that it's hard to see what the real purpose would actually be. Well, he says that in the game, because she asks him, what were these rooms for? Which, again, I don't understand, because she works there. 
Maybe she's never been down to the base, though. Maybe Perhaps. that's happened since Maybe she was sleeping. Maybe she's been sleeping since Earth. Yeah, sure. So he's like, but then he even says, oh, they're mostly for storage. Like, these rooms are mostly storage. Setting up cranes, bridges, light bridges, energy units. Like, that's a lot of work, like, to repurpose something into a, make, make something into a puzzle. It took me the better part of a day just to build a really crummy escape room for my friends. <laughs> But then, right in the beginning, this is the other part where the story's like, what? I'm sorry, you're an astronaut, but you don't know what a Turing test is? Come on! Did you did you cringe when you heard that as well? Like, oh, what's the Turing test? And so Tom the robot has to explain to the human physicist astronaut lady what a Turing test is. I'm like, come on. I don't know. I mean, there's two minds for this. Right. Go for it. So one is, yes, that's kind of dumb. We've mentioned before on the Coherence episode, I think, where you kind of blasted Interstellar for having to (laughs) explain astrophysics to another... Astrophysicist. (laughs) So you're saying it's for the audience then, it's not... It's clearly for the audience. I So that's the other mind, is that you don't want to leave your audience out. But there must come a point in media where some things are for people to find out themselves. Sure, yeah. It is, in a game like this, not impossible to pause the game, especially on PC, alt-tab out, and go to Wikipedia and look it up. There are also other ways to do it without being quite so condescending. I mean, maybe it's not condescending. Maybe it feels condescending, but it's just so simplified at first to someone who should already know what this is or be familiar with the concept. I mean, even when you buy the game, it's called the Turing Test. So surely you would be like, oh, I wonder what this game is about. You know, you'd look it up then. Or you wouldn't buy it and go, oh, what does this actually mean? You know, (laughs) I mean... So I kind of feel like, yes... Maybe we need a brief introduction to what it is, but we don't need so much talking about what it is. I think walking something through from the beginning, like from an early stage in their discussions might be okay. I think it would be better for her to say, yes, I know exactly what what you're talking about, but you better explain it to me. Or even if she just says, yes, I know what it is, it's this. Yes. Isn't it? And yeah, that's exactly what it is. So we could do a bit of that. I do agree. I think that we've kind of made her character seem a bit dumbed down Mm. because she doesn't understand the simple things that apparently the other three crew members that we get audio logs from all do know about it because they keep talking about it. So how does she not know about it, but they seem to know all about it? Is just because Tom talks about it all the time? I mean, there is that. There is that element to it. Yeah, I mean, I can understand explanation of the Chinese room because that's not... um... That's not as common as a a thing as the Turing test, but you certainly don't need to explain 25 times. But um... (laughs) I think there's one thing with Tom. I think that he must have been a nightmare to live with because, I mean, he talks about it enough in this game, but apparently the crew were all complaining about how much he was talking about the Chinese room. So he must have been doing it all the time and he's everywhere. So it's not like you can avoid him. Yeah, he's like the worst roommate ever. Coming um, in all the time. Hey, I want to talk about the Chinese room again. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. At least he's not. Tom, override protocol. No more Chinese room talk. They don't seem to have that ability, though. They threaten it a lot, but I never have seen them actually turn him off or do anything. They say, erase that from your programming, but clearly Tom doesn't do that. Tom's got an agenda. Which is a bit disappointing because I expected more of an agenda, to be honest. I mean, I told you even partway through that I had a theory going and it 
kind of didn't come to fruition. So I was a bit disappointed by that. I will say this about their puzzles. One thing that I find very interesting, much like with something like Talos Principle or Portal, is the idea that you have very simple mechanics, very few tools that you have to use in multiple ways, and often multiple times. This game does that probably even more than the other two. And in such a way that is quite interesting, especially in the beginning, because you're often having to essentially lock yourself out of a room, take the energy source from it, and basically make it so that you will never go back into that room again. You're walking along and locking yourself in as you go, which is not something I would normally do. Yeah, I mean, I wrote down a hundred, not a hundred times, but I wrote I wrote down a lot that this game, where it succeeds, it succeeds really well, and it thinks out of the box. I know that's a really cliche phrase, but it thinks out of the box quite a lot of the time with its puzzles. And I love that about games that do that. I don't want to keep on saying the Tiles Principle and Portal, but that's going to get mentioned because they're very, very similar games. But taking something very simple and using it in multiple different... uh, Getting your brain to work out lots of different ways to use it. And even Tom says that right somewhere near maybe the middle of the game where he's like, you thought to throw the box through the open window. I would never have thought of that. Well, can I just say, I didn't. I think I reached through and grabbed it from the other side. Ah, okay, okay. Or didn't really throw it, but more just kind of dropped dropped it. So even the second time through when I was trying to get the full achievements, I just kind of reached it through and just dropped it over. That's exactly what I did, yeah. But I like that. But but that part of the story then, I was like, what is he talking about? I never threw something (laughs) through the window. That's the kind of stuff that I would like to talk about. Not puzzles individually, but like, for example, Secret Room 2. Well, actually, can we talk about Secret Room 1 first? Well, sure, let's let's talk about them all. I think that there's something interesting they were doing with those extra puzzles that I didn't catch on to. Primarily because I didn't do them in order. I saw that first one as being the most difficult. And I think it's certainly the most time-consuming, but... It goes very much to something that Tom said. He said that a computer or a program like he is cannot be creative in the way that a human can. So you were saying before about throwing the box through the window, he would never think about that because that's not logical. The extra tests go in this order. The first, it is just a series of two energy sources and a whole lot of places to put them. It's like, a five by five grid. Yeah, so it's like 25 different places you can put them. So essentially what you did is you said you put one in each one and then put the other one one by one into... Yeah, so I start off with the orb in, like, let's say, coordinates one, one, and then I'd put the second orb, one, two, one, three, one, four, one, five, two, one, two, two, the whole way around. Get to five, five. Nope, that first orb goes into two, one now, and then I did it all the way through. Which I think is very much what Tom was saying about the machine way of being created is basically just to kind of strong arm your way through it, to kind of force your way through it, to try every possibility until one works. And that's what Tom would have done for that one, basically. Yes. And then it gets different as you go on. So I think I found a little bit of a bug in that one because I looked up a walkthrough for that one because I was not about to sit there and try every possible combination. I had already had one, the center one, where it should be, and then the one off to the side. I put it in and it didn't go, but as soon as I took them both out and put them back in the right spot, then the door opened. So maybe it's just it was just a bit buggy for mine, but I could only imagine the horror of having gone through the entire thing and it not having worked, Yeah. especially given that the reward for that one is pretty disappointing. <laughs> it's and, not that exciting. And completely meaningless if you solve it straight off the bat. Like, okay, it's a grave 
I don't know who this person is. I don't is. know who this person is, but okay, fine, fair enough. Someone went to the trouble of hiding it in a secret room. Done. So yeah, what was secret room two? Was that the alarm bell one or was that the Yes, camera? that was the alarm bell. How did you solve that? Because I don't know if I did it wrong because I did it, but... My interpretation of that room was the first time I had no idea. So that's that's the other one I had to go back for. I thought that there was something wrong, that there was a trick I needed to learn or a mechanic I hadn't yet been taught. Exactly. And so I would have exactly. to come back to it. To yeah. And that really wasn't the case because we never see this alarm again ever. When I finally did solve it, it was by moving slowly across the bridge. Okay, that's how I did it. I think that it was a motion sensor, and you could move a little bit, but if you move too much, then it would drop you. Yeah, I thought, like, at first I was like, okay, maybe if I turn and walk backwards, maybe it has to see my face or something. But then I was like, no, it's just when I move. And so I ended up just tapping W, like, and just, like, edging, like, this across the bridge. It took, like, 250 taps to get across, and it was very tedious. It was very tedious. I was using the controller, same thing, like up, it's like up, t- 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 up, yeah, up, yeah, just a little bit at a time. Yeah, and then you get to the end. What was in this room? There's just an old computer in here. You leave one response that says, "Ah, you're you're robot. See you later." And like. It's the, su- it. the super hot room. That's what I thought of immediately. It's the super hot room. So you get kicked out of there. The third one is where you actually have to start thinking kind of outside the box. It's not trying... That's the camera one, Everything, yeah. yeah. So that one, once I realized what the camera was doing, it was pretty easy. I just had to block it. And that's the thing. I think that what Tom was talking about, just trying everything until something works. It felt very much like that's exactly what the first one was. The second one felt a little bit like that. The third one, less like that. The third one felt like it was starting to be creative. Yes. And they kind of, as they went on, they got kind of, I don't know if they got more and more creative, but all the others seemed to be things that you would definitely have to think of things in a different way. I don't know. I mean, maybe the, so the, the, the third one was the, the, the video camera one, which I thought was genius. I really liked that one because especially after solving it, because the good thing about this game is this puzzles are hard, but when you solve them, you get that kind of rush. You're like, wow, I'm so smart. But that one, where you, you got those batteries and you're like, there's nowhere to put these things and I can't climb while I'm holding something and it's not an uh, energy pellet in the room to open the door. It's like, okay. Uh, and But they've got that little platform bit and it's like, if you go under the platform, like it can't see you. And it's like, ah, that's when the door opens. Now I get it. That room leads into the computer room. The fourth room was but, where but, I started. That was the first one that I the, solved. But the third one was an interesting result, what you got at the other end. Because that was the, the kind simulation. of VR simulation, which I took to be Tom. Well, I mean, it's the same as those Tom machines that you get to drive later on, isn't it? So, right. But it same felt- noises at least as yeah and i think that what i said to you was i don't know if you're a robot because you're making these noises which we know later that they're probably the tom noises but i said also it seems like this game that we're playing now but a ridiculously easy level because you basically just have to pull in two of the energy things and then use them and then you walk through it seemed ridiculously easy but in my kind of interpretation where I was starting to think, what is this really? And thinking that perhaps this was Tom working on trying to pass the Turing test. And so this was his kind of his an secret early stage. kind of secret, was it like secret plan? Yeah, like he built his own kind of Turing test. Yeah, like a virtual one, yeah. something like that. So possibly, I think that that's interesting, but I do think that that starts to lead more and more into the creative things. I think the fourth one is the, it's a, it's a beautiful little puzzle. I think the one with the stairs. 
Okay, we're gonna have to edit this. I need to jog my memory because I didn't. I should have. I should have written these all down because the secret rooms are actually quite cool. Yeah. So the solution for the fourth one involves stairs and gravity. You do know this oh, one. Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> because yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah, you yeah, commented yeah. how much you love this one. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, you got to set the box just on the edge of the stairs and let it roll down the stairs like a slinky. Yeah. That was genius. Because going around that room because it's a big room. There's three levels to that room, like three stories to that room, and there's a lot of stuff going on and you can get to the kind of second last door where you're like I need one more pellet to get in here but I just can't see how you do it and you're like oh what if I tried this that's an awesome feeling when I just like I'll just let it roll down the stairs and I can get through this door then when it hits the pressure plate at the bottom it'll open the other door but the first time I tried it it rolled off of it onto it and then off of it again but I was like no but I'm on the right track I've got to do it again great room great room I walked over to the stairs trying to see where I would drop it to make it fall onto the platform. I was dropping it from the top, actually. That's what I was looking at. I was like, where from the top could I do it? And then as I was looking around, I went, why don't I just drop it here? (laughs) Like, this is the best thing ever. I said, no, clearly this won't work. Thinking it will fly off the end or something. But I said, it's worth a try. And then when it worked, oh, yeah, it it just made me very, very happy. This puzzle, like, not all the puzzles, but the, I feel there are just enough of this kind of puzzle, this kind of just challenging enough or just interesting enough to make this game worthwhile, despite the redundancy of the story, despite some of the puzzles being too easy or not interesting enough. There are ones like this that make it worthwhile, and I and I do love this one. Yeah, this was the art room. Did this open up into the art room, the art gallery kind of place? This is the one where I think... You you get the or is this the dialogues. Room? No, this is where you get the dialogue. Finding out that Sarah was pregnant at some point, I believe. Oh, that's right. It's the and, the audio audio log room. Yeah. And the one guy is going a bit crazy, sick of eating food that he grows in his own filth, and this is a terrible life. And we'll talk more about that later. So the fifth extra room is the Chinese room. Right. And what was the puzzle to get in there? Into the Chinese room? Yeah. It was the one where you kind of have to... Oh, was that the one with like the rows and rows and rows of orbs? Like like 10, 10 orbs long? No. Was that the next one? That is the next one. I believe this... Oh, is... no, this is the one with the door. That so they're kind you of gotta two block doors. The door. Yeah, there's two doors and you got to put the, the battery to block the door so you can shoot the orb through. Is that this one? Is that this one? Hang on. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, I like this room. It was... Actually, yeah, because this is a simple... It's a simple puzzle once you realize what you need to do. Yeah, because, I mean, by this point as well, it's like, I'm in the zone of, like, okay, I need to think creatively. Like, there's no solution to this. This is absolutely impossible. It doesn't make any sense. You're essentially trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, and you're like, oh, I'll use it to block the door. Can I see through the little gap and get that orb out? Yeah, I can. Okay, done. Solved it. In a minute, tops. But it, it didn't was, take very long, but I love the puzzle. But that's what I kind of feel like they should have done more. If the puzzle can't be great, like the fourth one, then really this one, it was fast. It was short. But again, I think that this requires even more creativity. Mm. I think that that's what they're trying to do with leveling up the creativity of these rooms to show you kind of the Turing test 
as it goes through and you need to pass these in order to essentially pass the Turing test even though obviously you don't have to according to the game but we'll get to that at the end but I don't understand why this room is here was Tom doing this was this something they tried to do to prove to Tom that he doesn't understand the Chinese room were they doing it because they were bored I don't understand why this room exists why did they make this room yeah and then seal it off like uh, it's a restricted area and it's it's literally a Chinese room it's a room full of Chinese writing and pamphlets and like and it's got the door with the the slot to slide the messages through that we've been talking about and reading about and hearing about constantly I don't understand how it even works though because the idea is that the person on the outside speaks Chinese I mean maybe somebody in the crew these are all intelligent people maybe someone does but I'm pretty sure that the only Asian member of the crew is Japanese right I don't know I don't know okay but I just was kind of wondering well how can they test this with nobody that speaks Chinese so I guess somebody must yeah but I still don't get why they would do it especially after being driven crazy by how much Tom talks about it I would never want to <laughs> or maybe they built my Chinese room just shut just to shut him up like maybe that's what it is yeah so maybe he was trying it and maybe that's him just passing messages through to see if he can pass as a, a Chinese person let's talk about the sixth bonus one then I don't understand how I got through that's the rows and rows of yeah ones. I I thought I, I understood it like I until the very last of the kind of initial doors, I was doing fine. I got it. I was like, okay, yeah, this, this sign requires that only one be filled and these sign require all be filled. But that's not really the case it's because not. you said you could get through with four. Yeah. Four out of eight. Yeah. I mean, I thought I knew, I knew what I was doing. And so take all the orbs and you fill up the first row. You're like, okay, it switches on. But then it, I, it wasn't until I got through and then there's no more orbs. And then I was like, oh, well, I need orbs from that room. Okay. I'll go back. And I took out one and it's the door still stayed open i took out another one it still stayed open I took out a third one it still stayed open not until the first door you actually only have to pop one in in the far left you can remove all the other nine or however many there are it's like oh that's odd because all the symbols are the same and then like door number five whatever it is is the has the same symbols that first room but it's a completely different pattern I, I just i blundered my way through that level i actually have no idea the only thing that I understood, and maybe this is why, because I was going to disagree with you saying, yeah, everything's been creative up until now, and this is more like a Tom method of breaking through. It's like just hardcore logic. But maybe it isn't. Maybe the whole point is we think there should be a pattern, but there isn't one. But what we do know is that we can put things in and then we can start taking them out at random almost and we can just see does the door still stay open yeah okay I can can I remove one more oh it still stays open can I take this one out oh it's closed okay I'll put that one back in maybe you're kind of feeling around in the dark it looks like it should be a biological solution but it actually is chaos maybe because maybe the symbols like you said don't always match up with what they're supposed to and that kind of logic would not be good for AI they would have trouble with it right yeah perhaps it makes more sense of the fact that I thought the puzzle made no sense. I couldn't put it together, so that would work. I don't like the result of this room, though. This was the most boring room out of all of them. Yeah, this was the one just with the, the papers from Alan Turing, yeah, basically. Oh, no, no, no. Or this was that, one... Or was that? No, no, that was room seven. That was the last one that was the most boring one. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> this one is the one that just has this some... Is, this is the paint. art room. Yeah, there's artwork, so I guess you have to be human in order to appreciate artwork, but I was kind of disappointed i don't understand why they had renaissance art in space i'm sure they're just prints well they look pretty faded and realistic though it's like i'm sure they're just prints Hmm? they're 3d prints yeah it's the future it's the future yeah 
So they have these amazing 3D prints of these paintings and just a bit of the Europa story and a note from Sarah saying, Tom, I know you're reading this. She's ours now, something like that. So I think referencing Ava at this point, but I just kind of went, oh, that's, that's it. Like that was a lot of work to get this. I mean, you only get a, like a paragraph of the Europa story. I could get more than that easily with a quick Google search, you know? <laughs> so I don't understand. It was a little bit of a, I, I think it's maybe a little bit of a nod to the Talos principle as well. Like, you know, just like, hi guys, we love you. <laughs> um, but one thing that I don't understand is going back to the awesome staircase gravity puzzle. Did you notice when you go in that room, there's someone at the top of the room? I didn't notice that, yeah. But there's no exit. Like, where did they magically disappear to? I have a theory. Alright, hold, we'll hold on. Oh, we're gonna save that for the end? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Room 7? Was there secret rooms? There's one for every level, yeah. So 7 was the one with the papers from Alan Turing. It was really boring. Yeah. And it was, and it was such was... a disappointment, because this is the last room. There's no more secret rooms after this. It was all about, there were some things about consciousness, whether it's biological or not. Searle and Dennett going back and forth about the Chinese room. One arguing that his arguments are never being properly responded to. And the other one saying, why should I respond to them? They're not really proper arguments you're giving me against it. <laughs> I did say, well, while I was reading, I don't know if you noticed this in the background, like the camera's moving back and forth. Yeah. It made it a little awkward oh, to try and read. Oh, I didn't read. read them. I was so bored by that point. I read about one page. I was like, well, I've listened to it for the entire game. I don't want to read it as well. Yeah, there was something about whether or not machines can create beauty. The secret area was very simple. It was a puzzle with a box to block a doorway. And that was pretty much it. This is this is that one. So we oh, must have had the other one wrong. Uh, the Chinese room one. Oh, I said I don't remember at this point. No. <laughs> so I, I I must not have written it down properly. Or oh, I know what this one is. Oh, okay, go on. So secret room five was all about the lights, the colors, and making them line up. So we have the the intermittent lights, the purple and the green and the blue, and we need to use them in a way so that the we can get through all the doors. Okay, I I erased that from my memory. I mean, I know the orbs you're talking about. I don't remember the room because there was a lot of those purple green orb rooms. But anyway, okay, fair enough. But yeah, so that's the seven secret rooms. And yeah. and I do think that they kind of I think that they more than anything exemplify this idea of the Turing test taking you from simply trying to force your way through it by trying every combination to being a bit more creative. Because I think that the game itself, though it tries to do that, doesn't feel like it's doing that. I felt like I was being much more creative in chapter two, chapter three, than I was getting right to the end of chapter six. Yeah. So let's talk, uh, again, I don't really want to belabor too much about every puzzle. Like chapter by chapter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I do want to talk a little bit about the mechanics. I quite liked their simple mechanics. I like the intermittent lights, the green and the purple that work on opposite patterns so that you can go upstairs. For example, having the solid blue, which is always on, the orangish one. I think that's where you sent me a message saying, oh my goodness, they're still giving us new, because you were like a chapter ahead of me every time. Right. 
like, oh, they're still giving us new mechanics at this point. The orange one would turn on, but only for a little bit, and then would turn off. Yeah, I like that. I did like that. I like being able to be Tom. Tom as the camera, and kind of, you can kind of poltergeist from every Tom section to another Tom section. It would have been nice if they had told us what button to revert to Ava as. I kind of had to figure it out. They did, but I guess you're playing on the controller as well, so no. They said tab. is tab on a keyboard to go back. No, no, sorry, it's backspace. Once I figured that out, that made my life so much easier because I was constantly looking for her and kind of poltergeisting into her, and sometimes it just doesn't work. There are times where you have to solve the puzzle by reverting to her without being able to see her. Yeah. One thing that they didn't do, which they had done so well in the beginning of the level, was taking you by the hand and saying, like, just flick this switch. Okay, that's the level done. Next level. But in this one, they didn't tell you that, oh, when you're Tom... Oh, you can actually control different things. Like you can, like they, that was not explained yes. very well. Yes, and there were some times so where. Why there, did you suddenly stop the tutorials? Like there was one in particular where I was stumped only because I didn't realize Tom could control a platform. The platforms, yeah, exactly. And that stumped me for a long time, and that was really, really irritating. Once you figure that out, I guess then you're meant to know it for all time. But it's weird that Tom can control some platforms and not others. It's a it's just a bit weird. That one seems to be one of the weakest mechanics, story-wise, because there just seems so many times where he could be very useful, but he's limited for no apparent reason. There's also the magnets. So the magnets, sometimes he can move them and sometimes he can't. I don't... Can he? Oh, that's a good question. No, I don't think so. Basically, the rule is, if Ava can control it, Tom can't. Okay, so if there's a control panel, then he can't move it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a bit odd that sometimes there are things that he can control... Like the platforms, but other times where Ava has to find these energy sources to put them in. So maybe that's a a better example. Yeah. So the magnet, though, becomes a huge... In the beginning, it doesn't seem like much. You're just moving some batteries around. But when you actually have to start moving the Tom robot around... I like the fact that you can shoot the light sources into the Tom robot and move him around. I think that that's very clever. Especially right towards the end, like the kind of last regular level where... Every time I'm trying to take Ava everywhere, where really I actually have to get Tom to go. (laughs) Though, when you try to get him to go through the last door at the end, he can't, because that doesn't follow the story, clearly. There's no other reason. I never got Tom to an exit. I tried to, yeah. Uh, And the very last level, because I was Tom, and you have to be Tom to get the very last door open. And so I went, oh, well, I'm Tom. Let me just try and go through this door. And he can't do it. He can't go. invisible wall. There's an invisible wall, essentially, yeah. It's... Not in his programming, I guess. Right. But that's kind of all the mechanics. That's what I like about a game like this is, again, using simple mechanics, using them many ways to make interesting puzzles. Some of them are interesting, some of them are not. I think in particular, once we do get to the Tom levels where we can be Tom, they become less interesting. There is one great one where it's kind of an intermittent Tom camera where you have to kind of get the Tom cameras to work in a way so that... Oh, so that you can zip around the room to that. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about exactly. I like that one a lot. I do like that one a lot. But there were a lot of them where it just felt like, okay, so make Ava do this. Now make Tom do this. Now make Ava do this. Now make Tom do this. Doing the same things, essentially. Or just kind of a mundane way of, like, getting Ava to a point where Tom can take over. It felt like a co-op game, but at the tutorial level. 
It just felt so repetitive and not challenging for the most part. A lot of those levels I found just not fun. Yeah. I don't know. what. Like you said, maybe you're right. Maybe they... I mean, but they don't write these things in real time. Like, oh, we're writing the story. How are you guys doing with the puzzles? Or we're also doing the puzzles, but we're more interested in the story. I don't know if that's how it works, but maybe it is. Maybe, but they should be working in conjunction. It does seem that they gave up on the puzzles to write the story and then at some point like in the beginning there was no not much story and they went all in on the puzzles I don't know yeah I can't explain it it's like as you go through it does for what started so great and so creative and so such a good curve it kind of falls off I mean and the story is the same way let's go story I think beginning to end I don't think it will take that long because again a lot of it's repetitive don't worry about the time <laughs> he's sitting here looking at the clock let's at the beginning we as we've said before Ava wakes up she doesn't know what's going on she needs to go find the ground crew Tom tells her that essentially this is a Turing test and that's why he can't get through and that's why he needs her I like I mean you pointed out it doesn't make any sense that the crew could do this in this amount of time or that they really would make a giant Turing test I I agree surely you would just put up a firewall or something like I think where it really falls apart for me for that anyway is that they're trying to keep Tom out, but so many of the tests require Tom to be there and to be right there up until the end. Like I said, the very last level leads to needing Tom at the very end of the level. So you need Tom to the very last second of the game. Why would they do that to try and bring him here? So let's talk about a few things that were going on. So we know that the crew was looking at a new organism that had a new virus. And this virus could, and I love this, cure DNA so that we would never have to worry about old age and possibly never cancer. Yeah. And I'm very into this because someone who I follow on YouTube and podcasts, CGP Grey, he's been talking about this a lot. When they brought up the term senescence, I went, I know exactly what that is because he's been talking about that. He, he's been promoting a kind of concept that the number one disease that we're actually dealing with is not cancer, is not malaria, but actually aging. And it doesn't just affect a small part of the population, it affects all of us. And it limits the great minds to whatever amount of time they have for useful work. And so it's an amazing discovery. And this is a great sci-fi element. And it brings up a great sci-fi philosophical kind of argument. Tom argues that we aren't ready for this knowledge and that we don't know what it will do if we bring it back to Earth. And he has some valid points here. So he argues, what if it infects a baby? And that's a good point. Would the baby stay a baby forever? That could be a problem. What if it didn't cure cancer, but actually made the cancer immortal? Yeah. So that it couldn't be cured. And that is true. But the human side is we will never know until we get to do some research. The crew has infected themselves with it purposely, right? Um, I'm not sure if it was on purpose or not. I might have missed missed that, but they're infected for sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if it was on purpose. Tom is obsessed with the Turing test and the Chinese room and trying to prove that he has a conscious mind. He's a real boy. Essentially. He's obsessed with this concept. He bugs the crew about it. And us, 
and Ava incessantly. And when he does so, I don't know. I mean, is that obsession, is that already starting to play into the fact that maybe he would pass the Turing test because he's obsessed with this idea? Yeah. I don't think typically machines and AI become obsessed with ideas and concept in this way. And that's why when I'm playing this game, I've got a hundred thousand theories going through my mind, waiting for some of them to play out. Like Tom's real, Ava's, Ava's the robot. Tom's real, and this is another. This is another situation. My theory was that Tom was just using Ava to get through the Turing right. test. Right. He knew he couldn't quite do it himself, so he was actually being manipulative in order to get her through. But there are other things going on as well. And that's kind of true, though. You're yeah. kind of right because he wants to stop them, mm. and that's the only way he can stop them. But I mean, but I thought he was doing it just to prove that he could pass the Turing test. Oh. So he's kind of cheating. Yes. That, that Which cheating been... feels very human. Yeah, yeah. So that that was my big theory. And it kind of played out, kind of didn't. But there are other things going on in the story. We know that Mikhail has cut his arm off and we find out it's because of the chip. So let's talk about the chip. The chip apparently... Did he cut his arm off? Yes. Well, his hand, his forearm, something. Because right. there's it's, a, it's in your hand. There's a chip in your hand and... He was alone. Nobody else believed him that right. Tom was controlling them. So he said, I need to get it out. And he was also taking, I think, some antidepressants, which when you go to the cabin room, they are in every cabin. Everybody's been taking these. I think he essentially had to cut his hand off because he was doing it himself. He didn't have any help. So yes, he cut off like his hand. Tom tells other people, like the leader of the group, Mikhail's mutilating himself. We need to get him under control. And so basically they kind of decommissioned Mikhail because they thought he was going crazy, but really he was the only one who realized what was going on. Eventually they do come around to his side of thinking and they have to kind of now barrier themselves against Tom. Part of the problem with this story is the fact that in the secret rooms you're already getting big hints about this going on. Huge hints in some of them, yeah. And then you basically get it again in the main story. So that's part of where I feel the repetition plays in. It might not have played in as much if I hadn't done the, I say secret rooms, they aren't secret, but the, if I hadn't done the bonus rooms, I might not feel it being quite so repetitive with that kind of thing, but it did just feel over the top, especially when the idea of the robot AI turning against you is not new at all. It's very old hat at this point. You kind of expect it to happen. So from very early on, I was very suspicious of Tom. Oh, as soon as as soon as I woke up from cryo, which again is another complete cliche, but as soon as I woke up from cryo, I'm like, and as soon as he started talking, I was like, you're the bad guy. <laughs> you're how how do how do I have to kill you basically? Which doesn't happen, but um, yeah, it's like yeah, I don't trust you as far as I can throw you. That's for sure. Which you could probably throw you quite far in Europa, but yeah. But that leads into where we finally realize that we are also being controlled. Yeah, yeah. And that was that was a really cool point where it was like, yeah, there's, there's all the TVs, like, slave, slave, slave. Again, puppet, pretty, you're being controlled. Yeah, drone. Yeah. yeah. And then you try and exit that, that room, but you can't go through there. No, it'll, it'll just start walking back. And if you actually, if I let yeah. go of the controls, Ava just starts walking. She's like gliding, kind of weird. It's pretty funny because I, I texted you like, yeah, when she runs, she runs like Super Mario. Do you know, like these big hands like this, like she's running like this. <laughs> Which is funny because in my notes, as soon as I found out that Tom was controlling us, I said, 
<laughs> is that why Ava walks so funnily? <laughs> like, yeah. because the way her hands move in front of the camera is so it's a, it's kind of an over the top action, isn't it? Yeah. So I I just attribute it to kind of a bit of poor design, but it would kind of make sense if Tom is trying to make her walk, and that's why she walks yeah, that right, way. Right. <laughs> And you said you saw that again at the end of the game, right? That she runs in a funny way? Yeah, yeah. Which I didn't quite see because, well, we'll, we'll yeah, find out yeah. why we get to the end. But yeah, but yeah, so, so it's like, yeah, so you've got this thing and then now we've got like a new part of the story and it's, there's, there's a new kind of ethical dilemma. It's like, you're in my mind, you're controlling me. It's not just about sacrifice for the greater good anymore. And this is why, again, I want to try and keep it till the end to tell you what I think the game is actually about. But Tom is reasonable, right? I like Tom, and we're supposed to like Tom, I think. Tom is reasonable. He's like, I wouldn't be doing this if they weren't crazy. And he basically says that. He's like, they're dead set on just returning directly to Earth. And this is where me and you had this conversation, and you you said, well, they're immortal. Why don't they just set up a research base and start researching it here? Well, there's a couple of problems with that. One is they're probably not well enough equipped. And two, they'd need a big team. I mean, this is a huge th- a huge undertaking. But that's not to say you can just radio home and say, look, it's we- a suicide mission because we might not be returning, but let's come here. And let's study it here. Or get more equipment sent to them. Exactly, right? And then, like, don't even set foot on the ship. Like, full quarantine, da-da-da-da-da. Done. But the problem is, they've gone nuts. And they're like... Because the, the whole way through, it's like, I'm eating food that's been grown in my own my own crap. I'm, I hate this place. I'm living forever, but this is, this is hell. Which is kind of also interesting, because immortality could turn into your own personal hell. Regardless. It could, but it's only been a few weeks at this point. Exactly. Oh, well, we don't actually know that. We don't know how long it's been. Well, like, how do you know this 500 hours? Because you keep talking oh, he about says, 500 uh, Tom says, uh, well, he tells us, and he's maybe the unreliable narrator here, where he's like, oh, they've been gone for 17 days. Uh, maybe they've not. Maybe they've been gone for 100 years you know maybe they're, they're immortal you'd think the earth would send a shuttle or something but but anyway so regardless of all that kind of stuff they're dead set on leaving so it sounds like they've been here a long time to me and they're like we're just going to go back to earth and tom's like you're not being reasonable this is very dangerous and they're like no we're going and then tom's like well i'll use force if i have to and you have to get around me I control the ship. I control everything. I am the ISA. And this is a little bit of a... I will say, I do like this argument of the logical argument of the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Mm -hmm. I do like a little bit of the Ava saying you don't see it from our point of view. And Tom saying there's only one point of view, the logical point of view. I appreciate that. Mm. But it feels like it goes on for about three chapters. And it's <laughs> yeah. not like they're making new points. They yeah. seem to just be... They're arguing like children by the end. They're belaboring the same points over and over and like, over you're again. you're not human. No, but I'm a robot and this is logical. But what about this? It's the same thing, yeah. So that... It feels a bit like the Chinese room all over <laughs> yeah. again. So, yeah. So we've got the Turing test. What does it mean to be human? What does it mean to have a kind of conscious mind? What does it mean to be immortal? And what does that entail? And is it worth it? Because clearly in this case, it's not, or they wouldn't be struggling to get back to Earth. Though, side note here, I think if the ISA knew what they had found, they would want them to come back. They would definitely want whatever this is. Well, here's... Oh, okay, but let, we'll come back to okay, that Okay, there's a big spoiler. Uh, there, there's the Chinese room idea of if you follow instructions in writing a language, does that mean you understand the language? And is that important? You are still communicating in 
in some way. And yeah, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. I mean, there, there's a lot that they're throwing into this, but not in a way that I really feel it is hitting any of them in a really great way. But I suppose to people who are possibly new to these arguments or new to this kind of genre, then this could be very interesting. I think the problem for us is this is very old hat for us. Sure. Also... The thing is that we also need to remember is you're not even allowed to take a plant to Australia, you know? So an alien microorganism that has severe effects on your body, yeah, yeah, I can see why that would be dangerous. Oh, I don't argue that it wouldn't be dangerous, but I guess, again, coming from the sci-fi perspective of, say, for example... The Andromeda Strain. See, I wasn't going that direction. I was more thinking the Alien series, where they were constantly trying to harness the power of this creature because it could be a great weapon. It just seems like the corporate side would want this in some way. Sure. They may not want to bring it to Earth, but they definitely want it somehow. They wouldn't want it to die off and never be explained. They would want this immortality is worth a lot of money. Yeah. So maybe they're not the corporate greed overlords that I envision them to be, but I just feel like that must be the way that they are. Because, I mean, essentially they're drilling, we didn't even mention this at the beginning of the story, the kind of reason why they're here. They're drilling for, I don't know what they're drilling for, to be honest. They're drilling for minerals, I guess, elements, whatever. And yeah, and they found that they found this by accident. Boop. Uh, we can edit this out. The spoiler. I'm just going to tell you what it is mm-hmm. right now, and then we can see. If it's it, spo- we're in the spoiler section, but yeah. Go but ahead. I mean, this is a this is a big spoiler. This is a spoiler for you as well. Um, <laughs> if you okay, let's get comfy. Wait, 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 let's wait, get comfy. Wait. Let's settle in. It's not going to take too long. Because I think it's important yes. to say this now because it will affect how we talk about the story okay. from here on out. When you finish the game... Yeah, which I did. You can start again. Yeah. And there's one of the panels, one of the things that you find, there's a log from the captain and it has a six-digit combination. Okay. Now, at the beginning of the game, there's the captain's quarters and the captain's quarters have a keypad. If you take that six-digit combination and put Was it this in, the one you found on the post-it note? It wasn't on the post-it note, although, yeah, I forgot. I haven't read any of my notes, actually. No, we'll, 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 talk, about, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute, but go on. Um, so you basically... They put in the combination, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, 671723, something like that. Uh, Did you do Was this? it 761732? Yes. It was on a post-it. Oh, it was on a post-it, right. Yeah. You enter that. You enter that, you go into the cabin, uh, the captain's quarters, you get to hear the final log from the captain. The captain has authorised, he's told them there's kind of mutiny on board, he's contacted the ISA, uh, he wants an override code for Tom to take complete control. The ISA messages him back, says, yep, you're approved. This is not what we want. This is very dangerous. Here's the override code for Tom. Tom now has complete control of the ship. And then you go to those terminals, like I am real boy and all that kind of stuff. You got codes, like hex codes coming in, which have separate messages on them, which again, you've got to decode like I did, but you've also got like a regular just email, you know, oh, yes, this is a good idea. And then you got this other coded message. And basically the ISA has told Tom he's got full authorization to use lethal force. And so this mission is deemed as a failure pretty much. Okay. And, and the ISA is authorizing Tom to wipe out the team. And okay. he's, he's the one who's actually showing constraint through the whole thing. You know, he's 
begging them to be reasonable. He's just trying to get through. I don't, he, he's not getting to the end to murder them. He could stop them from leaving at any point. He can leave them to rot on Europa. He controls the ship. He's trying to mediate with them. He's trying to negotiate with them, trying to make them see things reasonably and logically, like we've talked about. It's the ISA who are like, no, nah, man, pfft, nuke them from orbit. But we don't get to see that until the end of the game and you've completed it all and then you go back and you find that note because you can't actually go back to the station, obviously. Okay, that's very interesting. Yeah, that changes things a lot then, yeah. if that's in there. Okay, then you're right. Then the company does not want to... I, I guess I was envisioning them as every corporate sci-fi one in the past. Who's that, who's that like really Weasley guy from Aliens? Oh, it's uh, Paul Reiser, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, like him, like just... <laughs> just like Which normally he Paul. plays such like a sweet guy, but in that one, yeah, he plays the kind of slimy corporate guy, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of the way I often envision it. So that's what I was thinking the whole time is that they do want this but maybe they don't want the humans to know I thought maybe they were trying to get rid of the humans mm. but that does kind of I think lead into our ending the actual base ending where you are given a choice I thought your choice was going to be to side with Tom or decide with the humans but no you lose control of Ava and you just become Tom and so Tom gets the choice to let them escape or to basically take them out so the first time I wanted to hear the story, even though I did want to take them out. I wanted to hear what they would have to say. And it was just kind of more of the same arguments, except I let them go. And what they do is they shut Tom down. In and a this... very 2001 fashion. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? But I found this very interesting because this is the point where he finally proves to them that he does have a personality because he fears death, something they thought he didn't understand. But he does fear death and he does fear being shut down. And it's only in kind of the last second of his life where he has proven to pass the Turing test. Yeah. And that is very kind of ironically sad. It is it's so sad because even one of the lines that he says is like, I'm not ready. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, Tom, don't go. Uh, After me hating him for eight hours <laughs> of him bugging me about the Chinese room. Yeah. Yeah, I went, wow, that's that's quite an ending yeah. for him. And then up pops the words, you've passed the Turing test, which I appreciate. And then, of course, I immediately went back in and, and blasted those mother... I right at the door. Yeah, man, they didn't even make it into the room for me in the first place. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not waiting. I'm not going to try and have to aim with this kind of clunky <laughs> gun. Yeah, so I took them out. But again, I passed the Turing test and I went, well, I could pass either way. That seemed a little odd to me. So you want to say idea. something about this? Yeah, I've got an idea. Okay, so is there, I mean, is there anything else we need to talk about before that? It's like, Whoa, when you shoot Ava, actually, I went back and finished it three times. I shot everyone immediately as soon as they walked through the door. And then I went back and I let them shut me down. And then I went back in again and I shot Sarah first and then Ava shut me down. Yeah, and you said Ava runs really in a yeah, funny way. Yeah, she's like, yeah. You know how they're walking along the edges and pulling out the panels? It's like she comes right down to the front and just starts ripping out your control panel. You don't even get through your dialogue, your, like, death dialogue stuff. It's just like, oh, stop that. I'm dead. And then I went and I shot only Ava and let Sarah shut me down. So I think I've covered all the combinations. So when you shoot Sarah, Ava criticizes you. She's like, you're a monster and you got to shut you. That's it, you're done. 
when you shoot Ava, Sarah also runs up and shuts you down real quick. But when you shoot both of them, it's like, and you remember this, it's like, he feels sorry, you know? He's like, wake up, Ava, Ava, Ava. And, you know, it's exactly the same as, like, Tom, you know? It's, it's uh, oh, actually, no, um, Dave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was that song? The Daisy Girl, yeah? When Hal is being shut, shut down, down, right? Yeah. Daisy. Okay, so let's get to this and let's shut this down. Let's uh, get to the end of why we're here. Because I was confused. It's like, you've passed the Turing test by killing them. Okay, because I saved humanity. Yeah. Oh, you've passed the Turing test by letting yourself be killed. That's odd. Okay, well, here's a few points. One, you passed the Turing test because you saved humanity. You, you make a conscious decision to take a human life for, like you said, the needs of the many outweigh the few. You pass the Turing test when you let them shut you down because you accept that human life is precious and that you sacrifice your own life because he is almost sentient by the end of it. And he knows that he's going to die. He accepts death. He doesn't want to die, but he goes through with it anyway and he passes the Turing test. But, well, why would you even say that anyway? Why would why does it come up at the end? You've passed the Turing test. Because it's a Turing test. Do you remember at the beginning of the game when he says, I have a twin called Michael? Yes. They have the kind of same mind so that they know that he's making the right decisions. I think that this is a Turing test for Michael and this entire thing is a simulation and they're seeing what will happen if the crew mutinies, if they found some kind of weird substance that this is now they're running a protocol through him like what's Michael going to do? Is it safe to upload this program to Tom? So they're running it through Michael first. I think the whole thing is a simulation and it is a Turing test for Michael and it doesn't matter what he does if he doesn't solve it like basically if you are one of the uh, 74% of people that have not finished this game you're not human basically it's only people that have actually completed it that get to the end and have passed it we are human because that's how you would pass it by this combination of because exactly like what we said before why can you solve half of the puzzles as Tom and half the puzzles as as Ava doesn't make any sense like no it makes perfect sense at the end once you realise the whole thing is a setup. the whole thing is a simulation and you need to work together and a computer that doesn't realise that they have to work together and just wants to power through like I'm just going to do it this way the machine way you're going to fail it's only by finally working out I have to use Ava and I have to like it's almost a symbiotic between the two of them but it's actually still Michael in the simulation I guess that's it doesn't matter you get to the end it doesn't matter what you choose because you're still virtually human you pass you pass by completing the game okay I think it's an interesting theory it's a great theory man (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you're so proud of your theory (laughs) I mean I mean it makes sense definitely makes sense because a lot of then that explains a lot of the unexplained weirdness of the game like what you said why can Tom only uh, control this and not this? Like, why can Ava only control this and not this? What These secret rooms, like, they're all out of place. It's, it's odd. It's weird. It's, some of those things don't even fit reality in a sense. Or the second theory, which is out there, is that it's just us, you know? We are, we've passed the Turing test because we are human as players. It's nothing about the actual story of the game. Maybe the, the entire story of the game is canon and that's exactly what happens as what we've just described. But maybe it's just saying, oh, congratulations, Darren, Justin, you are actually human. Perhaps. Overall, I feel like the game outlived, as I've said before, the stories felt like it was just being stretched. The puzzles felt like they lost heart partway through. The first three, maybe four levels were really, really good. I like their leveling up system. I like their simple use of mechanics. 
there were some things that we both agreed were a bit weak, which, you know, story-wise, but also things like the walking simulator parts of going through, picking up random objects to be able to look at them, but not actually be able to use them. It seemed kind of pointless to be able to do. It made me wonder if there wasn't more they had in mind. Yeah, it is. It's like part... A kind of point-and-click section. Part puzzle, part walking sim, almost. I mean, I liked it because it kind of slowed things down and gave you a chance to breathe. Especially the first real walking sim part, obviously, is when you wake up and you're walking to the shuttle. But the walking sim aspect really hits when you're in the crew quarters. And I, did, I didn't mind that so much because you get to find out who these people exactly, are. Exactly, exactly. I like that. But there were times, like, in the lab where I was walking around. Okay, so I found that post-it note, I think, in the lab. But yeah. otherwise, it's like, okay, you can look at this microscope, but not into the microscope. You Just can pick up, look at yeah, the base. Yeah, you can pick up all these tools, and then put them back down again. It just seemed kind of pointless, and I kept doing it, kept wondering if there was a purpose or something. There was one section where there are pieces of the Tom Robot. This is before you can actually find your first usable Tom Robot, and I thought maybe, just maybe, I could put one together. But no, because as soon as you hit the button again, it just goes back into place. So it just felt a bit like a waste of time. Yeah, it's almost like, like you said, it's almost like they had something planned. Yeah, like a waste of opportunity. If it was a point-and-click thing where you could actually do something that that would have added a lot to the game i think to have kind of the normal puzzles and then a kind of point and click puzzle that would have been very interesting oh yeah yeah like a hybrid i mean two of my favorite genres man in one that would be an ultra win really ultimately though i would say it's a good game yep i wouldn't say it's a great game but it has great moments voice acting is on point it's really good. The guy, what's his name, is the guy from uh, James Faulkner, is uh, Randall Tarley from Game of Thrones. He's Tom, and he's got so I could, I, I want to go to sleep to that voice. Like, I just, just not talking about the Chinese room. Well, he could put you to sleep talking about the Chinese room. <laughs> um, he's, he's great. Um, it reminded me a lot of, like, Moon, in a sense, as well. Moon, 2001, Space Odyssey. Portal, Talos Principle, Tacoma. Uh, I don't think you've played Tacoma. That's a walking sim kind of space thing. A mixture of all those things. Good soundtrack. I really enjoyed the soundtrack a lot, actually. I don't normally say that about games, but I did like the soundtrack. Yeah, it's really good, and then it it crashes a little bit. But overall, is is it worth 20 bucks? Probably not. Sorry, I'm so cheap, man. (laughs) So cheap. (laughs) But I do think that bit that you've added with the code, because I couldn't figure out where to put that code, so the fact that you found where to put that code... I remember that 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 keypad from the very beginning, because I'm like, there's... Because I remember the first time I played this game, I was like... Because I played this game, like, way back, like, maybe last year. But then I stopped playing because I was like, we got to play this together. Because then I discovered what kind of game it was. I was like, Justin's going to like this. Let's play it together and do a podcast on it. But I remember searching that entire space station for that code. And then it's like, it's not, it's not here. Um, and then you find it later on. But that also explains a little bit about the my kind of it's a simulation theory. Is because it makes no sense to have that code on the base and then be able to respawn for your second playthrough and then find that because that's not how reality works. <laughs> but yeah, it's a simulation and you play it again and again and you learn more about it. So yeah, it kind of fits. And the room itself is nothing. I think the captain committed suicide as far as I can tell. 
But, oh yeah, I remember when I found the first Gatling gun and I had to quote Armageddon, what are you doing with the gun in space? (laughs) Why is there a Gatling gun? I basically said the same thing Uh, in my notes because I couldn't figure out why there would be one. What is the purpose of this thing? To shoot down crates. And that's the thing, but that that makes sense now. Like All the dumb things make sense now. If it's a simulation. If it's a simulation. Hmm. So so maybe that's the cheap way to get out of it. It's a simulation there. It's like, there you go. Done. Maybe. That sounds like the fan theory that helps make... Well, the... anything. <laughs> yeah. It's the fan theory that makes the original thing better, because you've filled in the gaps for them. That's what I'm here to do. Perhaps. <laughs> gaps filled are more gaps created. Sorry about this. I know it's a bit silly.